You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health Podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, I'm Teresa McKee, your host for A Mindful Moment. Thank you for joining me as we explore ways to increase mindfulness in our day-to-day experiences. In addition to our regular weekly podcast, we also have the privilege of interviewing experts from around the world to further our understanding of how to live mindfully. Jamie Matthews is the author of Sunroofs and Shoeboxes, a collection of the little nuggets of wisdom she has found in the everyday things of life. Educated as a journalist and a holistic health educator, Jamie has had an eclectic career path that gave her the toolkit to write the book and allowed her to find happiness even in the throes of having newborn twins. Jamie, her husband, and their five children live on a farm in California. Thank you again to Jamie for joining us today and sharing her perspectives and positive energy. You can find more information about Jamie and read her blog on her website at thesweetlife.co. We have a link to her book, Sunroofs and Shoeboxes, on our website at amindfulmoment.com, and you can see our entire interview on our YouTube channel at work to live Welcome, Jamie. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I want to start off with basically what prompted you to write Sunroofs and Shoeboxes. That's a great question. Um, I actually wrote Sunroofs and Shoeboxes about 10 or 11 years ago. And I wrote it at a time I was, I think I was 30 or 31. I was single and I really thought at that time that I was going to be somewhere different in my life than I was. I thought I'd be married with kids and, you know, the white picket fence and the, you know, Labrador retriever. And I wasn't there. And I became really frustrated with my, my life's situation and just really thinking that I should be somewhere different than I am. But it didn't, it didn't matter what I was doing because my circumstances were the same. So I decided that, okay, if I can't change my physical surroundings, what can I change? And I thought, well, I can change my mindset and I can change what I'm focusing my life on. I'm focusing all these things that aren't going how I think they should go. And that's not working. So what can I do? I can change what my gaze is on. And so I decided my background is journalism and I love writing. And I really wanted to get back into writing consistently. And this was a great way for me to go, okay, well, I'm going to commit to writing every single day. And I'm going to write about things that I experience every single day that I can be grateful for. And I actually found that a lot of times I was finding things to be grateful for that aren't necessarily situations or circumstances that you would be grateful. You would be annoyed or you would be frustrated or sad or mad. And I intentionally decided that I wanted to focus on how can I find the gratitude in things that aren't so great. 
And that became my premise for the book. And I did it for just about six months every single day. And it was truly life-changing and it still has, you know, value today. I mean, I'm still using those muscles that I was flexing those years ago to do that today. If I'm having a day where I'm not feeling as grateful as I should. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I think, especially now with so much change happening, that's out of people's control it's a great mm-hmm. message right now that there are things you can control, which is your mind, ourselves and our right. minds. That's it, right? Well, I thought this book was really about changing our perspectives. And you've identified a lot of unexpected sources of help. So <laughs> I thought we could go through some that I think most people might find unusual, or maybe they sure. haven't thought of it, like you just said, like they would be annoyed or upset. So I'll start with how does fear promote health? fear. It's a really interesting position to be in. And I really find that fear, I mean, fear can definitely overtake us, but it can also open us up to all the ways that that we are supported in life. I talk about fear a couple of times in the book. And one of the experiences I talk about with fear is when I lost my dog, we were out for a walk and she took off and she never does. It never did. And I was so scared. I thought, oh my gosh, she's going to die. She's going to, I'm never going to find her. You know, she's kind of skittish. So she's not going to be able to be caught by anybody. But what fear did for me in that moment and that experience was made me super vulnerable. And when I became vulnerable, I was able to let people help me. And so the fear took me from, oh my gosh, I, I can't get out of the situation to okay, let me let others in. And I was able to let my guard down and let others help me. And so fear actually turned out to, oh my gosh, I am so loved and nurtured and valuable in this world because, you know, my friends and family just absolutely came around me to help me. And we did find my dog, by the way, I really felt loved and nurtured and supported. And it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been fearful, and then let myself be vulnerable, which for me, and and I would say a lot of people, sometimes vulnerability can be really tough. Yeah, it can. I talk a lot about it in our trainings about connecting with people that until you're Mm -hmm. vulnerable, you don't connect on that deep level. So, and I was very happy Luca was found, but that's a great, thank you. Me too. Great great description (laughs) of how fear does not have to be a negative, right? It Mm -hmm. can find something out of that. I did smile a little. You reference a couple of days of the week and how we can be healthy because of them. And Friday is kind of easy for people, but how how is our health enhanced because of Mondays? Mm, I love Mondays. Um, Mondays are just such a great way to enhance your health and gratitude and mindfulness because it gives you that clean slate. I mean, Friday is great. I mean, who doesn't love Friday? I mean, today is Friday and people are thinking what they're going to do for the weekend and Up here in Northern California, the sun is shining. So I'm sure people are excited to be able to get outdoors. But Mondays, it's like your fresh start. You know, it's like if you had a bad week the week before, or maybe you had not that great of a weekend, Mondays is your day to start again, to say, okay, the past is the past. I can't change it. It is what it is, but I can start with my foot forward and where's the potential. And I just think Mondays are such a great. I think they're actually one of my favorite days because they really do just, it's just that time of new beginnings. And I think we all 
need that. Sometimes we need it every week. Sometimes we need it every month, but Mondays are a great time to do that. They're the perfect time to do that. In my opinion, I have a coaching client that I see at eight o'clock on Mondays, same person. Mm. And I always start up in any conversation asking how the other person is. It's just automatic. You know, I want to know how they're doing. And she's the only client because she's Monday morning. Her answer is the same. We laugh about it because it's, I'm fine because it's only Monday morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because nothing's happened yet. So it's kind of along the same right. lines. <laughs> yeah. And that's true too, because the week hasn't happened yet. So, you know, again, that fresh start, that new beginning is also that idea that, well, you know, it may go really good. It may not, but we don't know yet. So, <laughs> so let's, let's, Monday let's morning, try and make it go good. <laughs> yeah, Monday morning's good. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> right. I agree. We'll continue this conversation right after this brief message. Um, You state in the book that reading is healthy because it causes sharing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Well, actually, I want to mention as well, I was listening to your conversation with Thatcher. I think it was about a month or so ago. And he talked about reading and monotasking, which I found super fascinating. So for me though, reading was just a really great way to connect, you know, reading a good book is such a great way to connect with other people, to share experiences that other people that you may or may not know have, you know, insights and sometimes just funny stories, you know, reading a funny story and just creating that shared community that we need, because I believe that we're all in this together you know, and sometimes what we read can just be like exactly what someone else needs to hear. And it doesn't have to always just be, well, well, I said this, it can be something that we've read in a book or an experience that we've, you know, read in a blog or, you know, a funny story. And it just, it really helps connect us and relate to other people. And I think that is in this time and this day and age with so much disconnection that feels like is happening. I think reading really helps us understand one another and understand that we actually are really a lot more alike than we might realize. I love reading. And of course it caught my attention. Same thing with Thatcher. It's like, oh, I love people that are focusing on why reading is so good for you because <laughs> yes. it's the richest experience that I think I do alone mm-hmm. because it is a whole different world and new information. And I just think it's so beneficial. And I know, especially a lot of younger people now don't seem to recognize yet the importance of reading, but I think it's critical. So, and of course, I agree. We need authors writing the books. So it all works. Right. I thought it was interesting that you talk about circles. So why are circles healthy? Well, in the book, I talk about circles in relationship to one of my best friends getting engaged and the circle of an engagement ring and what that represents in terms of marriage. But I also find that the symbol of circles it's really important because there's no there's no start and stop to circles. They just keep going. And I think that's true in our life. I think that every experience is a part of another experience. I think every job is a building block to something else. Every relationship, everything that we go through is is cyclical and circular. And I just love the idea that it Every experience, everything that we've gone through, everything that we will go through, every person that we've met, every person that's touched our lives, they're impacting us in some way. And it's and they're building on the on the other so that our life really flows. 
and, and, and it's not jagged. It doesn't have these, I mean, sometimes life feels like it's got these harsh edges, like a hexagon or, you know, a rectangle or something like this, but really our life is really these soft edges that all connect and they're all a part of something bigger in my experience. And when I was a part of having my good friends, uh, now husband, uh, propose and just watching her, I just thought, wow, this is just like, I'm a part of this beautiful moment that just represents just how her life is coming full circle and will continue to, you know, that circle, even though you say come full circle, that implies an end, but it really doesn't because circles don't have an end. And so it's just that circle that just keeps going around and around and they're all connected and they're all part of it. Yeah. The coming full circle uh, really made me think because there've been many periods of time in my life where it feels like it's very, not maybe not jagged, but it feels like it's all over the place. Or I don't know how things are connecting or, you know, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm bouncing or whatever description you want to use. And it's not until something happens and I can look back and I realize I've come full circle that something mm-hmm. started that I had no idea was going to connect, but it does. So even my nonlinear mess becomes a circle mm-hmm. if you just stop and reflect back on it. And then of course, you're right. It keeps going. So it's right. ending. And I do like that. Yes. And a lot of times I feel like we don't see the circular motion of our life until we're looking backwards. Yeah. And I think that's where grace comes in for ourselves to have compassion when we're going through life's challenges, which we all have that you know, don't worry. You don't have to have the answer right now. You may not have the answer for years. You may never have the answer, but at some point there will be a time where you can go, ah, yeah. Okay. You know, I had this job one time that I really disliked and I've liked most jobs that I've had. I had one job that I just really didn't like. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is terrible. I finally quit. Well, it wasn't until I think the next job that I had, or maybe it was when I started my first business that I looked back and went, oh my gosh, if I hadn't gotten the experience from this job that I hated, I would not be able to do this, that, and the other thing because I wouldn't have had that skill set that this job that I hated taught me. So again, it's like, okay, that it was for a purpose, even though at the time I thought, what a waste of six months of my life, you know, but looking back at like, no, that, that six months was my building time for what was to come. And I just didn't know it. Yeah. And I think at first you have to look back to get it, but then Mm -hmm. it stays with you. So like when I'm in the middle of something that feels totally unrelated, I get off track. Mm -hmm. I I no longer question it so much. It's like, okay, this is going to lead back to where I'm going (laughs) or or, or push me forward or something. So right, that's great. I have a few here that are really interesting to me. (laughs) Um, What is healthy or what should we be grateful for about stiff joints and achy muscles? Well, it's funny because I actually have some stiff joints and achy muscles today. So uh, I can tell you firsthand. So for me, stiff joints and achy muscles means that you're able to move your body. And are stiff joints great? No, they're not the best thing. But it means that typically you've been able to, maybe you aren't at this very, very moment able to move your body, but usually stiff joints and achy muscles means that in your life, you have had movement. And that is, that's healthy. And it just signifies that we are active, that we have used our bodies. Maybe we've been a little abusive of our bodies with some of the sports we might've played or some of the ways we've pushed ourselves, maybe a little too much or not taken that rest time. But it means that we, that our legs move, that our arms move. And there's a lot of people that don't have that. 
there's a lot of people that don't, aren't able to use their legs or they don't have legs or, you know, they're bedridden from disease or things like that. And if you're able to move your body and maybe get a little sore muscle from it, I think that's a really great thing. I think that that's a sign that we are alive and living and, and thriving and maybe need to take a little better care of ourselves or take a little rest time, which is the case of me right now. <laughs> yeah. My granddaughter plays volleyball. So I know that you did too, or still do. Yes. And she's young and I think she still gets sore from it, but of course it, it yes. does signify her abilities and her movement. And, yeah. and like you say, it's also a message to us that maybe we need to pamper ourselves a little bit or mm-hmm. to take care of ourselves and allow ourselves to rest. So those are all really good signals that keep us healthier longer. And good self-awareness as well. Yes. So Friday is my laundry day. So I would love to tell you what's good about laundry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's funny. I was just folding laundry a little while ago. I actually have a new take on the laundry because when I wrote this, as I had mentioned, I was single. I didn't have kids. Well, now my husband and I are married and we have a blended family of five. So we have three kids that are eight years and younger, twins that are eight and the four and a half year old. And so as you can imagine, I'm doing endless laundry. So when I wrote the book, I didn't have kids. So my reason for laundry was different. It was more about being able to get outside and get grubby and dirty and which I still do. And I think there's so much health in that, you know, I love gardening. I loved coming in with, you know, leaves in my hair and, you know, hay in my jeans. But now I want to say that when I'm doing my kids' laundry, I am just so grateful. I don't love folding laundry. Let me just preface that. But I am so grateful that I'm looking at my kids' clothes that are now clean, but that they were able to get dirty. You know, I am so grateful that, you know, we live on a a small piece of property. So we, you know, have got some farm animals and things like that. And I'm so grateful that they get to go and run out in the dirt and the mud and they get to make sandcastles and get dirty and then throw that in the laundry. And I'm so grateful that they are healthy, that they are thriving, that they feel good enough to go outside and play and just play hard and get grass stains. Because again, there's a lot of kids that don't have that, that don't have that luxury, that are sick and I just look at all this amount of laundry and go, oh my gosh, my kids are healthy. They're thriving. They're at school. Hallelujah. You know, and they are living life to the fullest and I'll fold laundry all day knowing that I really will. I know that you have this problem in Northern California too, but Southern California is currently going through about day eight of horrific winds, like 40, Mm. 50 mile an hour, nonstop all night. No one's sleeping well. So you include the, that wind can be healthy in the book. So can you tell me a little mm. bit about that? Yes. I find that wind is such a great metaphor for change. And yes, wind is really annoying. This, this past week, we've had a lot of wind as well. And it, it is, it's, it's tough. But I also, you know, I can see the leaves blowing off the trees and signifying. I mean, there's a lot of our trees are bare right now because it's winter, but you know, you can just see that change is coming. The wind just blows and it just shows that life is never stagnant. It's never the same. I mean, you can look at the same exact tree throughout the year and it's going to look different all the time. And that's true of our life. And so I think it's especially encouraging for times that you don't feel like life is going so great or that you're having a tough day. 
win can just be that beautiful visual reminder that it's not permanent. And before you know it, something can change for the better or just to shift. And I think wind is just such a beautiful reminder of that and such a beautiful visual of that. It life is ever changing and it's always, you know, kind of blowing through us. And it can literally change in the blink of an eye. Yeah, that's a good analogy because wind irritates me. I always <laughs> try, it does, it just irritates me. But a lot of it's because of the, the whole physical thing, you know, with the sinuses and the oh forget, yeah. Forget bad hair days. We're having like bad hair months <laughs> here now. But I will say the one thing I always look for or that I anticipate or appreciate about it is when it stops, the sky is beautiful. It's blown away mm. all the smog and the dirt. The, the sky is super blue and there's you know no haziness. And mm-hmm. so I always remind myself, okay, this one might be tough for people to actually get, but Uh-oh. <laughs> taxes. <laughs> okay. Ah. So as a business person, I'm dealing with taxes already, but for most people, it's that magical April 15th-ish day. How do taxes help us be healthier or more grateful? Yes. Well, I, I'm also dealing with taxes right now. And um, yes, sometimes it's hard to find the, the health in taxes. But again, during that time, I thought, okay, well, who does like taxes? I mean, it's like they compare, there's only two things, death and taxes, right? Those are only things that are sure. So when it's compared to something like death, you think, well, how can you find the gratitude in that? But taxes, kind of like Mondays, it stamps the end of a year you know, especially 2020, even last year, you know, the years were not great for everybody, for a lot of people, financially, mentally, emotionally, physically, all of the above, but taxes signify that it's done. Whether it was good, bad, fantastic, or horrible, it's done. You know, I always say like, well, if you have to pay a lot of taxes, well, it means you made pretty good money. So that can't be a bad thing. And if you didn't pay a lot of taxes, you might not have made enough, you know, as much money as you would have liked, but you're also not paying it all to the government. So, you know, there's, there's beauty in both of that. Um, but I think more than anything, it's like when your taxes are, are finalized, it's like, okay, slate clean again, here we go. New year. What can I do different? You know, we always learn from our taxes. I, I do at least, I mean, every year I'm learning something new that I can do differently. That's more efficient. That's a better use of our money or what have you. And doing your taxes is just that, that closure of another year and going, okay, we're starting fresh again. Can't change what happened. Can't change how much money I made or didn't make, but I can change this year and I can go forward from here. And I think that's, that's a good thing. That's always a good thing, you know, because you're just starting fresh again. Yeah. I really like that perspective. I've tried to use in my mind when I get aggravated, but you know, I'm contributing to whether it's the infrastructure or someone who needs assistance, you know, I'm, I'm contributing so that I feel better yes. about it. But I liked the closure because you're right. My relief is enormous once I finish right. all the taxes. <laughs> so it's like, yes. okay, off to a fresh start now. Um, you talk about daily thoughts or affirmations, quotes. So I was wondering if you could share with our listeners a little bit about why those are so important. I think that quotes, affirmations, I mean, you can, you could use all sorts, you could use Bible verses. Um, you could use, you know, I also talk about coffee mugs and how um, I like to be very intentional about the coffee mugs that I choose in the morning because I usually have quotes on them, but I think that they are just so important to really help either start your day or be intentional about your day. Certain quotes can give you hope when you really need it, encouragement when you really need it, or even just something funny to think about. 
And um, I love looking at bumper stickers, which I also talk about in the book, because I just find that it just gives me a different perspective to think about. Again, especially if I'm, you know, not having a great day or thinking like having a hard time being grateful for the day that I'm having or the time period that I'm having, I can, I can read a quote and go, oh my gosh, yes. It just puts life in perspective, especially when I need a little bit of a perspective change or a little different lens to look at my day or even my, just the moment, you know, just even in that moment. I had coffee mugs printed that said, what am I grateful for today? Just yes. every morning, you know, it was like, okay, what puts you in that mindset to focus on what are you grateful for instead of, you know, mm-hmm. just rushing through the morning and not really setting any intentions. So yeah. Uh, and my listeners know I also use the bathroom as a place to put several reminders because I know I'm going to go in there first thing in the morning. So I have stenciled on the wall. I'm showered with positive thoughts all day. Like so that when I get in there, if I haven't slept well and you've got that sort of ugh, like a Monday morning, it's like, oh no, yes. positive thoughts. Right. I have them by the coffee pot. I have them all over the place. So yeah, me I too. Think, yeah, great. I think they're very powerful because we do get distracted and our minds do start wandering into the negative and that doesn't really serve us. So and I do too. I have um, a lot in my house. Most of my, most of the art in my house is, is some sort of inspirational art. Most of my clothing, actually, I mean, like right now I have a heart on my shirt. <laughs> most of the clothes that I wear, have some sort of saying that's positive because also I want to be a reflection for others that might need to you know read it or hear it or see it as well. But I, I want to touch on putting affirmations or positive thoughts on your mirror, because I think that is so important. I used to write with lipstick, actually. I don't even wear lipstick anymore. I used to just do gloss, but so I can't use it. But when I used to wear lipstick, I would literally write on my mirror, positive affirmations or something that I needed to read and look myself in the eyes. And I think there's something really significant about looking at yourself and saying the words or the affirmations or the sayings or whatever you've come up with, because it really does hit at your soul. And I think when you do it over and over, there is significance in that and really looking at yourself in your eyes and saying, you know, I am this, I am that, you know, whatever it might be. And I think it's so powerful for anybody and everybody to do, including young kids, including young kids. And they may not understand why, but it's doing something. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I started years and years ago with uh, Louise Hayes mirror work. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I used the bathroom mirror again, not just the bathroom mirror, but also the hall mirror, but put my affirmations sure. on them because you see them every time you look at yourself, it's like very powerful. So yes, well, that time flew by. So I guess we'll close with me asking you about something that I thought was a little bit different from what I usually hear, which mm-hmm. is that you say that gratitude is a two-way street. So can you share with our listeners what you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Gratitude to me is a two-way street because the more that, that I feel grateful, I'll speak for myself. Um, but I think it's true for anybody, to be honest, the more that I'm grateful for, the more I'm able to show gratitude and gratefulness to somebody else, the more that I'm feeling just gratitude for where I am in life or where I, you know, the morning that I'm having or what have you, the easier it is for me to then put that out to the world and show love and kindness to others. And that's where it is a two-way street. And also the more that you are grateful for, the more great things come. I mean, I 100% believe that. And whether that's just because your perspective has changed. And so you see what you come as positive, no matter what it is, or if it really is greater than what it could have been if you weren't feeling grateful. I'm not really sure. 
But no matter what, I do feel like what we put out into this world is truly what we receive. And so you bring out gratitude. I think you receive it tenfold. I agree. And I'm very grateful that you joined us today. (laughs) And um, I appreciate your wisdom and tips and helping us to really grasp uh, shifting our perspective, even in small things. I think that's really powerful. So thank you very much. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure to be on your show. Okay, great. That went by really fast. It did. Until next time, I encourage you to meditate daily and be mindful in all of your everyday activities. Simply bring your full awareness to the present moment to build your mindfulness skills, paying attention to every detail of what you're doing, from washing dishes to work tasks to taking a walk. Your mind will wander, and that's normal. Each time you notice it has wandered, that's mindfulness. Consider how wonderful the world could be if everyone was mindful. You can help make that happen. It all starts with a mindful moment. Please subscribe to A Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee and rate this podcast so that others can find us. Follow us on social media at A Mindful Moment Podcast. Visit our website, amindfulmoment.com, to access all podcasts and interviews. A Mindful Moment is written by Teresa McKee. The English version is hosted by Teresa McKee, and the Spanish version is translated and hosted by Paola Tile. Intro music, Retreat, by Jason Farnham. Outro music, Morning Stroll, by Josh Kirsch, Media Right Productions. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions, 